You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. If you want to have guarantees, you have to buy a washing machine. Either we win or we learn, and today we learned. Abdacha, It's infield to Mare, 25 yards out. Lovely ball for Pella. Onside, 1 0. Bufas shot. Oh my word. He ran around a bit like Bambi on ice. It was very, very embarrassing to watch. And now, your host, Matt Markstone. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast and newsletter dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans, and available right here on SouthamptonDelivery.com. My name is Matt Markson. I am the host of the show, and no matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, thanks for making the show part of your day. I hope that you enjoy it. And what's not to enjoy after Saints come off of a 3-1 win over Wolves at home in a game that saw Nathan Ribbon put two past the Wolves' defense and Shane Long get on the score sheet for the second time in as many matches, uh, there's not really a lot to complain about, especially since the result put us eight points clear of the relegation zone. Uh, not safe yet, but darn close. So a lot of things to be excited about, including my conversation with Mike Smale. Uh, Mike has been a longtime supporter of the show. Um, I have been a supporter of his for a very long time. I followed his personal Instagram uh, he is involved in the music industry, so he sees uh, a lot of musicians and and just living through his Instagram feed, you get to see a lot of them as well. His story is usually very entertaining, but Mike is very skilled with, with video and editing and things like that, and he has launched a new channel. It's called Match Day Vlog, so you can follow him on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, most places are at Match Day Vlogs, except for Twitter, which is at Match Vlogs, but the links to all those are in the show notes. The most recent episode, the one from the Wolves match, is in uh, the actual episode post on the website, so you can check that out as well, and hopefully you will enjoy that, and you will subscribe to it, uh, and you will add that to kind of your Saints um, media that you consume, um, hopefully. And while Mike and I had a lot to talk about from the new project to the 3-1 win over Wolves, uh, we didn't have time to cover a lot of other things. And uh, you know, when I set the show up each week, I think about what we're going to cover. And sometimes there are things that I just don't have information on. Like we, we know Ralph was going to leave. We all read what was, what was written. Uh, it wasn't a whole lot, but we can speculate on it. But I chose instead to spend some time, spend more time talking to Mike about, you know, becoming a fan in, in his new project. than I did kind of jumping around to a bunch of other uh, topics that we would have just not really had as much information on. So I hope that makes sense. Uh, as information becomes more available, of course, uh, when the time is right, we will kind of review it. But in the meantime, um, Adam Leach and Ben Stanfield and everybody else over at the Total Saints podcast, they did a fantastic job covering uh, that. And Adam Leach obviously reports on the club. So uh, he had a bit more information than the rest of us, I think. So you can check out their most recent episode and uh, you, will, you will find, I think, what you were looking for there. So anyway... I hope that all makes sense. And uh, there is another announcement before we get to my conversation with Mike Smale. Um, John Smith is one of the people who has set out 
uh, for the past couple of years and participated in the Saints Foundation Big Bike Ride. And one of the things they do is they ride uh, to the last game of the season. If it's an away match, they start at St. Mary's. They ride to the home ground uh, of the team that we are playing on the final day of the season. And if it's a home match, they start uh, at the opposition uh, stadium. So last year it was at, at Manchester City and they rode down to St. Mary's. They arrived midday ahead of the game. Uh, and so it, it's a lot of fun for them. Uh, it's a lot of work, obviously. You're riding you know, a couple hundred miles usually. Uh, and John says usually it takes about three days. They ride 100 miles or so on day one, 100 miles or so on day two, and then they break it up a little bit, uh, s- slow it down since you're only riding half a day on day three, but, uh, a lot of work, but a lot of friendship built, a lot of camaraderie, uh, and, and you get uh, not only the feeling of, of having accomplished that, but also for raising money for the saints foundation, which is, uh, this, the charity organization attached to the Southampton football club. And they do a lot of good things in the community uh, of Southampton, uh, from helping people with disabilities to helping children, uh, to, to just looking out for people all over the, the community. And so, uh, if you are interested in helping that cause, and you are able, um, please uh, click the link in the description. There's a, there's some links on the Southampton website, but I'll try to link directly to them in the show notes so that you uh, can go and help support. And uh, all of that support is helpful. And if you have more information or you want more information, um, I included some in last week's newsletter, but I'll, I'll put a link to John's blog um, from last season. And you can kind of read uh, from his account, from somebody who's done it, uh, what it means. Okay. Um, and so I hope that comes across well, uh, and thank you for, for listening to the show. And if you are able to help out with that, that is uh, that would be great. So anyway, um, let's get into my conversation with Mike Smale. Uh, once again, you can find him on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at match day vlogs and on Twitter at match vlogs. The links to all of those are in the show notes. The dog is barking, which is great. So, uh, let's get to the conversation now and I'll talk to you on the other side. We'd like to welcome to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Mikey Smale. You can find him on Twitter at Match Vlogs and on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook at Match Day Vlogs. He's also on Instagram on his personal account at Mikey Smale. And uh, we're here to talk about the Wolves match, obviously, a, a good result to, to, to discuss, but also uh, the new project, the Match Day Vlogs project. So, uh, Mikey, sorry, Mike. Uh, <laughs> Uh, luckily Saints started better than this. Uh, so, uh, how are you and welcome to the show? Thank Thank you very much. I'm very well. Thank you. Um, obviously I'm feeling very good after, after the win. Um, yeah, very good. Thanks. Yeah. We're, I mean, obviously we're talking just a couple of hours after the win, but you managed to make it back, back home after, and you're kind of, I caught you in the middle of editing the project. So I appreciate you taking time away from that to, to do this. And if anybody is uh, expecting your video right now, they'll wait. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, so just welcome to the show. Thanks for doing this. And it's, it's nice. Uh, I know that for work, uh, you, you travel quite a bit and I follow your, your personal Instagram, uh, and see quite a bit of that. And, uh, I'm always interested in some of the stuff you're doing, uh, and we'll, we will get to that, but can we just start with, uh, just you becoming a fan of the team and, and kind of when did that start? I know you live in Salisbury now, but uh, have you always lived there or were you originally maybe from Southampton or somewhere else or, or how, did, how, did, how did all this happen? No, well, I was um, always lived in Salisbury. Um, literally, uh, I pretty much uh, for the first part of my life, I, I lived like maybe 500 yards away from the, 
the hospital where I was born. But um, but, but growing up in Salisbury, it was kind of uh, you were either a Saints fan, which was kind of like the local big club, um, or you supported Liverpool back then. So this is me kind of growing up uh, early school years around sort of the late eighties, early nineties. When so, when um, they were winning stuff. Or before, yeah, right. right around when they won stuff. <laughs> yes, exactly. So that they, they were the, the a big club back then. I think we can say that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's, a safe, um, it's a safe place for that. Yeah, it's a safe place for that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it was really a, a choice of two clubs. You were either a Southampton fan or a Liverpool fan. I, I went with Southampton. Um, did bad I did, obviously. Um, and then really sort of followed the club. Quite passively growing up, I was very fortunate to get taken to my first game by my father. Wave, I made a note of this actually. In the 17th of April 1993 was my first game at the Dell, and it was Saints nil, Everton nil. A bit of a, a trivia there, but um, but yeah, and um, kind of grew up as a Saints fan. Obviously, a lot of where I live, there's a there's a lot of Saints fans who live in the area. So yeah, very very good. Yeah, I mean in. It's, it's always interesting because I always just assume um, that everybody that lives in England is a fan of their local club, but I'm quickly doing this show. You come to realize that that's, that's not how it is. Even if that's the, yeah, I think, I think sometimes that's the perception that people want to give is that, you know, you either support your local club or, or you don't exist. And really it's just not the way it goes, but I'm glad that you are a Southampton fan. If you were a Liverpool fan, probably wouldn't be doing this. I probably wouldn't have seen no. the, uh, <laughs> the number of, of guitar players and, and weird places in in sweden and norway and everywhere else that you've been and uh everything else so i'm glad i'm glad you chose this this club as well but um i mean growing up in salisbury it it seems like a bit of a sleepy town uh i've driven through it once it doesn't seem like a maybe sleepy is the wrong word but it seems like a pretty quiet place like what i mean did you play sports and stuff growing up or was there other stuff that you were interested in i mean i know your music's kind of a big part of your life now was it was it uh did it play a role then as well no, well, sports and music was a, was a big part of my life growing up. I'm, I'm from a very musical family, um, and really uh, sports I did through kind of what I, what I did through school and after school projects and, and things like that, really. So um, I played in a, a few football teams growing up um, and other kind of sports as well, including some racket sports such as badminton and tennis and things like that. So sports always been a, a dominant part of my life. I'm quite a competitive person. I think, um, and yeah, it's, uh, it's always been a, been a factor in my life. And of course, following sports, watching sports on TV, um, huge fan of that as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I mean, anything other than football or was it, was it mainly football and then, uh, and, and then music after that? Yeah, it's probably main, mainly football and music really. Uh, I think there are two big things. I, I think if, if you ask most rock stars what they'd be other than rock stars, it was footballers, and then yeah. footballers want to be rock stars, right? So yeah. there's a kind of a, a fine line. And well, <laughs> some football players think they're rock stars. I just watch their uh, exactly. highly curated Instagram feeds, and you'll you'll be fine. Um, so I mean, you, you mentioned you're from a pretty musical family, and your your job is is always it's, it's intriguing. I think I've I've talked about it already a little bit, but like. I guess what is what is your title? I I, I don't know My exactly title. what it is. I just know oh, okay. that I get to see a lot of a lot of stuff. So what is it that you actually do? Effectively, what, what I am is I um, I work for an instrument accessories manufacturer, and I really it, the bigger umbrella is sales. I'm okay. in a sales marketing position um, for 
uh, instrument accessories companies that make things like guitar strings, drum heads, drumsticks, and things like that. So really a lot of those factories are, are based, uh, like the guitar string factory is based in Long Island, New York. Um, we have we make woodwinds, reeds, and things like that in uh, Burbank, California, very close to where you are, I guess. Um, and we have various plantations for those reeds in Argentina and south of France. So it's all kind of spread out, and our drumstick production is in uh, Houston, Texas, and the uh, plantation is uh, our sawmill is in, in Tennessee. So it's all kind of all over the place, really. But um, but my but my focus is really on working within the European markets, okay. um, all those brands and stuff like that. So have you been to all of those factories and things? Like I have, yes. yeah, so, yeah. So okay, so how many how many U.S. states have you been to? Because there's a chance. I mean, you could beat me here. Like, there's a chance oh, you've really? been in more states than me. <laughs> so uh, I guess I've been to what Texas. Um, let me see, uh, Tennessee. Have I got that right? Yeah, um, New York State. I guess New Jersey. I've been to, but only as a tourist. Uh, um, I know you've been to California. Been to California, yes. Uh, not been to Vegas, so okay. I've been been down to San Diego, but still in California, right? Mm-hmm. I'm showing my ignorance here, but uh, no, you're good. Um, and where else? Where else? No, I think I think that's about it. For, okay, well, okay. I feel I've, I've I was going to be really really embarrassed if you were. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know. So California, Nevada. I've been to Utah. Been to Texas. Been to Maryland. And I, I think I, well, I've been to the Grand Canyon, so I have, I've been to Arizona, but that, I mean, so I barely, I got you by like, you know, by a okay. couple hundred yards, but that's okay. So, so if I include the, the places where I've connected. Yeah. Like oh yeah. Yeah. Boston, that, maybe. Oh, like, and I, I did yeah. go to Kansas as well. That, so that was my one middle of the country. Uh, you know, it's very flat. That's all I got. Like, they're like, oh, there's, we got to go up the hill. I'm like, it's not a hill. That's just, it's just flat. <laughs> same thing. Kind of same thing when you went to England. It's just kind of like. Right. That's, that's, that's barely like it barely blocks the sun at a different time of the day. Like it's basically good. The sun's got to go all the way down before that thing helps. So, uh, yeah, much different than here where, I mean, we're just surrounded by, I live in a Valley that goes straight to the ocean and we have wonderful mountains to the east. It's, it's fantastic. So, um, yeah, yeah, well, I, uh, for anybody who doesn't follow you on, on your personal Instagram, your story is always just, um, the, the, the wide range of, uh, of bands that you wind up kind of sitting in front of at these, these, uh, whether they're trade shows or whatever they are, like, are just, it, it's always enjoyable. And it's like, I go get my, this is, this is total nerd stuff, but like I go get my headphones and I, I put them on to watch that because I just want to hear it. Like, I think it sounds good. So, um, and I mentioned to you before, like, per, like my cousin is a professional uh, or a musician, like he's a bass player right. and, and produces nice, music. Yeah. He lives in San Diego. And so it's always, uh, I always, I always just look and see if you guys are at the same place. You guys were at the NAM show a couple of years ago at the same time. Um, oh, right. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, But he's, I also realized that's like, you know, I, I got just, I mean, it's a, that's a ton of people. So there's no way you're ever seeing each other. So it's, uh, it's all right. Oh, but, it's a, but yeah. Big show. Big, big show. Incredibly musical place, San Diego as well. Yeah. There's yeah. There's a great piano bar called Shout, the two piano players that basically you throw any song at them and they'll play it. It's uh-huh. unbelievable. It's a lot of fun. So, you can have a lot of fun. Yeah. When the when the school district offers uh you know conferences down in San Diego, you're like, oh I guess I'll take that one. Like, oh I, oh, I have to stay at the hard rock? Oh, okay. Like that's fine. Uh no big deal. Five days. Oh man, that's that's so it's gonna be tough to be away from the family, but I'll be okay. Um, <laughs> 
you know, oh, you want to give me my per diem check up front? That sounds great. I don't need to eat. I'll just drink all all week long. It'll be fun. But anyway, um, so I mean, you, you, I know you sometimes you you've done a little bit of a vlog type stuff with with that, and I don't know. For me, I, I kind of like maybe I thought maybe you were practicing, maybe you were seeing if you liked it, maybe you see was that part of the what you were doing when you were doing that, or you just really enjoy it and and eventually I want to get into what made you start the the YouTube channel Match Day Vlogs because it's uh, it's relatively new but it's a it's a new project for you and and you've been uh, going at it pretty hard here for the past couple of months I think yeah yeah no, absolutely I mean I mean I think I've I've always enjoyed um, video editing it's it's another big passion of mine I got into uh, photography and videography um, probably about 2015 really bought a GoPro and and then suddenly the world opened up to, to uh, recording anything when I was traveling and, and sort of seeing the world and sort of trying to capture those things. And, and the Mash Day Vlogs thing was, was growing out of my, of my other YouTube channel. Um, I had another YouTube channel, Mr. Mike's Mail, that I was basically doing travel vlogs and drone, uh, drone videos and things like that that were really sort of, it, it was more kind of travel vlogs and that, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the match day vlogs thing was kind of growing out of the, the same kind of factor. I was still kind of, I, I was watching a few people doing vlogging football. You know, it's, it's nothing new. People have been vlogging football for a few years now. And, um, and so I was including a few of those on, on some of the games I was going to just for, just for a bit of fun. And a lot of those were, were building a lot of traction. I think I did one towards the end of last season, uh, which kind of captured the moment we, um, it was, it was from the, the win against Bournemouth. Actually, no, it was the loss against Chelsea. And then w- the rest of the season from then. And okay. I sort of combined the two together. And it had about 7,000 hits. And I was like, wow, this is, yeah. know, this is quite, quite kind of popular. For me. So, um, so it got me thinking. So I started to do a few more of the, these match day vlogs because I, I really enjoyed you know, the content that's created by all the content creators around, around Southampton Football Club. I mean, um, yourself... The ugly inside. I mean, there's there's loads of great content creators, but there wasn't really anything that was um, capturing the euphoria, the tears, the the raw emotion that what it was when you know a goal went in, or suddenly you know you you you'd lost in the in the 92nd minute or something like that. All those kind of things that that really you know it's it's kind of mesmerizing to watch. I mean, I watch a lot of the other. The, the football vlog channels, you know, even when, like, you know, I know the result, but I just want to be immersed in that whole kind of uh-huh. environment, that experience, which is which sounds terrible, really, when you know you when you know you've lost, but it's almost like you can actually be there in that moment and and just experience what what those feelings and emotions were. So I was doing a lot of the match day vlogs within my own YouTube channel, and I suddenly thought. He's kind of growing, and it's kind of confusing what my channel was. I was doing, right. you know, you, you're suddenly doing panoramic shots of a beautiful beach somewhere in, in, you know, wherever, and then suddenly you're thrown into a football environment. So I was getting a lot of people wanting football content. Suddenly, next week, they were getting some kind of travel content, and it wasn't making sense. So I kind of made the call to, to set up an additional channel uh-huh. and move it across and separate it just so that really both channels could do what they do and it wouldn't confuse the subscriber base yeah um because there was there was never going to be a chance that that my existing channel was going to grow because i couldn't focus i couldn't focus on just doing 
football because I wanted to continue with my photography and videography and all the kind of yeah. cinematic kind of stuff. But in the same way, you're moving a similar type of content where you're getting uh, cinematic shots of the players warming up for a game. You're getting that build up, that kind of you know, the energy, the atmosphere, the stadium environment, what it is to be there within the stadium alongside the raw emotion of, oh my goodness, we've held out 2-1 against Tottenham, all this kind of stuff that really um, really kind of uh, encapsulates what, what match day vlogs is, really. So um, I guess that, that's what it is, is basically in a, in a nutshell. Um, and it, ultimately, it's combining two of my loves, you know, Southampton Football Club and video editing. Yeah. Um, so... Um, yeah, I think that's I mean that's awesome. And you often go to the games with uh, I don't know, is your brother-in-law or your friend? I can't remember. Uh, it's well, I go mainly go with Jack, um, uh, who's that, who's actually a friend who I found through a friend. Okay, um, you, you know, a good friend of mine who's a bass player in my band, and um, I found out he was a Saints fan. I was like, oh great, want to come to a game? And then he came with us to a game, and then gradually I connected to him, and yeah. we basically started going to the games together, and and. Quite often I go with my with my father, my brother, okay. um, as well, and occasionally my, my, my kids as well. But it's it's kind of it, you know the, the match day vlogs thing is, is is almost all of us really. Yeah. You know, sort of that whole kind of community thing, which is which is another thing I love about you know the the, the Southampton fan community is, is you know you, you gain so many great connections through yeah. the games. It's almost like you're one fan. You know, it's it's great. So. I don't know if you can hear that. It's my neighbor has decided to weed whack and uh, <laughs> blow. So hopefully, it's not coming through on my headset. Is that well? That's we will it. we will see. And to the people, we'll okay. uh, like you know, I'm I can do a lot of things with the audio. We'll we'll see how good I am. I guess. Um, so hopefully, it's not not too irritating. But uh, we will continue on. Um, I enjoy I enjoy watching the vlogs. I think it, I think they're awesome. And and. It's it's very clear to me that you do. I mean, you, that you obviously have some some experience in terms of editing and, and things like that, and shooting, and kind of knowing what to what to catch and whatnot. But I'm just one, I'm wondering if it if like, like kind of how it's changed the way you you go about watching the matches. Because I know when I there are some times when I like when I'm not doing a show on a, on a particular week because we have something else going on, and I'm just going to sit and watch. Like, right. That's a I that's a completely different kind of feeling for me because I don't ever do that. It's always taking notes and writing stuff down and tweeting something. And it's nice for me because I, I sit here in California, you know, the thousands of miles away from, from other saints fans. And so to be able to do that for me is, is nice, but you kind of being in a stadium, like, does it, do you find it takes away from maybe your match day experience or does it add something different or in it, you know, or, or does it just kind of all the same to you? Cause you, it just, it just is part of your match day now. Yeah. That's a great question. I mean, I think really I made a conscious decision to change the way I was doing match day vlogs because it was affecting the way I was watching the games and actually ultimately my, my enjoyment of the games. Um, I used to basically watch with, with my GoPro in my right or left hand with my finger on the record button just in case something happened or something, you know, maybe a corner was coming up or suddenly there's a free kick or there's a break, something we've broken their defense down and we're on the run. And I was, I was so obsessed with, with capturing a moment. I wasn't embracing what was happening around me. I wasn't, it was almost like I wasn't there. So 
what I do now is very different. Is is basically I catch the, the before the game, how I'm feeling, um, a few sort of um, um, predictions for the score, that kind of stuff, all the kind of build up, and then simply if something like maybe James Ward Prowse's free kick comes up, I may grab the GoPro then, but I don't grab it as much because I know it's interfering with with my personal experience, my yeah. enjoyment of the game. And, and I don't think it's it's affected that too much. And what I tend to do is like this uh, um, this screen, which basically shows the score and then the goals going in and and uh, who's scoring them, and then it cuts straight to half time. Yeah. So it's only and and I find that really sort of is enough. You know, some people do comment and say I I'd like to see more of the game. I'd like to see more of the, the kind of what's going on. But there's still enough of that alongside what I what mm-hmm. I do. So. But um, but yeah, that, that's I've, I've definitely changed the way I do it. For that exact reason. I think that's great because it's it it is always interesting to me because I feel like when I went to West Ham last year, I took you know I didn't bring the whole microphone setup, but I took a um I have a handheld recorder that I took and and I just felt silly trying to like record stuff while I was there. Like I was just like this. I'm like I'm very comfortable right now doing what we're doing. Uh, right. It should be after nearly 120 episodes of doing it, but like to to even sit there and just talk to Freddie and look at him in the face was like, I feel like an idiot, you know. And so, <laughs> and I was worried, you know, are they going to let me in with it? Are they going to take it away? And so, and I've I've heard horror stories of people not not being allowed to bring on cameras and things like that. So it's 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 all a, a, a different kind of of uh, thing. And it's yeah, but I'm glad I'm glad that for for your sake that you've, you've kind of found what works for you um, because ultimately it is, it's about watching the team and supporting the team. And if you're not enjoying it, then it's not, it's not worth doing. So. Yeah, exactly. You, you can't make a lot of noise when you've got a GoPro in your hand. You know, you kind of have to, you know, you, you're there to support the lads yeah. and, and do your bit as a fan. So, you know, if, if you, you, if you're tired too much on, on your gear, it's, you know, you know, but there we go. But let's, let's jump in a little bit to the, uh, I, I could ask you questions about this stuff all day. So let's, let's get into the, to the match a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously a great result today. Um, a game that I was obviously, uh, honestly a little bit nervous about simply because Wolves tend to play really well against teams who want to play, you know, they don't do so well when teams sit back and, you know, force them to break them down. And I was worried that we, that our pressing might leave us exposed. And I think there were a couple instances of that today where you saw Vestergaard, you know, being run out by yeah. somebody down the, down the wing. And it was like, well, this could go really poorly. Um, there was a late challenge early on that he, he could have been booked for, had a bit later, but, but it, we, it all worked out. And I guess just starting with the, the lineup, um, I mean, were you surprised at all to see Sims come in and Romeo be dropped to the bench? I mean, it was, it was more of an attacking threat. Uh, you know, from when I was looking at it on paper, I was thinking there was, there's three center. They they play with three center backs. We've now put an attacker on each center back, so they don't have a. We you know we've we made that difficult for them because they can't double team one of a, one of them. And uh, at the same time, though, we've gambled because we they're going to outnumber us in midfield, and that could be an issue. But um, for you, I mean, were you were you at all surprised with that, or were you pretty happy with how it all kind of uh, with how I guess Hassan Hood aligned the team up? Yeah, I mean, I was I was like you, quite surprised to see Sims included in the in the lineup. I mean, I, I think. Uh, Surprised, but but kind of happy to think that okay, we're going to go for this. You know, we're we're not going to try and um, you know defensively uh, hold out for maybe you know and grab and grab a goal. So I I was surprised, yes, but I wasn't you know panicking at that point. But certainly seeing the the Wolves lineup, I mean, you know, 
watching the game today, it's it's no wonder that Wolves are in the position they are. They they're a very tight, organised unit, despite of course the FA Cup result last last weekend. Um, but no, I, I was I would say before the game, feeling pretty confident, and certainly having Ings back in the side after not being eligible against Liverpool, um, kind of had a good feeling to it actually. Yeah. To start. Yeah. Well, I mean, and we've been playing well recently it's been the, the team has mm. been on a good run and it's it's really nice to to see and i guess i guess i still have some of that uh that hughes pellegrino kind of looming over me where one result doesn't mean anything and oh well even two results right. maybe it's like I, fi- I find myself doubting them and i don't want to i want i want to really believe uh that we're doing well and and but i i'm always afraid that i guess i'm always just afraid to get too confident and then be you know brought back down to earth so uh Right now, I'm feeling. I'm feeling. I mean, I normally don't smile this much when I'm doing it. Uh, I haven't over the past couple of years, but this is this is this feels pretty good. Um, I mean, what what was the atmosphere like today? I know last week, even though we lost to Liverpool, it's uh, the atmosphere seemed pretty good in terms of when I was watching it on TV and stuff like that. But like, what was it? What was it like today? Uh, you know, uh, just just leading up to kickoff. Uh, very good. Um, I, I mean, I think there's. Certainly, when you see the, the the team selection as it is, the you know the kind of sort of the anticipation builds up. There's generally a, um, a lot of build up before the game, but uh, I think that the, the stadium was feeling confident. I think I think most people's heads were thinking we might pull out a draw here, um, but there were, there was certainly an anticipation in the same respect that we're we're in a position now where we're we're playing without fear or that that whole kind of anticipation of uh, or the anxiety that you know what happens if we lose you know there's more of this feeling amongst the fans as that you know we might actually get something today so i'd say it was a a positive environment in the stadium beforehand um yeah very good i mean and then i guess right from the kickoff there it was it was fireworks, you know, it, yeah. it, it all, it all kind of happened so fast. And I know, uh, from experience that, that getting to your seat for kickoff is kind of like, well, you know, how often do we really see goals scored in the first minute, first couple of minutes? And I, I don't know the statistics on it, so I'm not going to pretend to do it, but I, you know, I, it's all of a sudden it was just like, well, that was quick. And, and it was Sim, Sim. I think the announcer here was Sims is running onto the ball. Uh, you know, he's got some, or he's got some space and he's got some pace and, and then he whips it across and Redmond get, gets in front and, and the ball is in. And I mean, was anybody, would, were people even in their seats yet or did it just happen kind of as people were kind of like trying to shuffle along and, and do that? No, the, the stadium was pretty full, uh, but it, there was definitely a, a muted roar when that goal went in because everyone's kind of slightly shocked. You know, they're thinking like, oh, we, 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 we weren't ready for this. You know, it's kind of like, a, um, but yeah, it was literally our first chance. I mean, it's, oh, yeah. it's it's not often that you you have. Uh, I mean, there there are so many games this season where we we simply haven't taken um, our chances, and then you literally get number one, and it and it goes in. Everyone's just kind of like, wow, you know, you know what happened there. Yeah. But um, but yeah, it was, it's superbly taken. Um, you know, great ball in, and then uh, came in from from Sims on on the wide there, and then Redmond just got in front of the defender and and tap it in and it's you know <laughs> you can't really ask for more it was it was uh but but definitely it was a feeling of shock in the stadium it was like oh okay great you know yeah and it, and it was it was nothing more than just kind of a little you know i think what we've done so well over the past couple of weeks is the ball doesn't seem to sit always on the ground for us it's mm. we interrupt teams trying to make a pass or we make a challenge and just slam it against them and let the ball 
go up in the air and then we kind of capitalize on that. We're, the, we're, we're now being the first ones kind of to those balls. And it just seemed like a little bit of, of chaos, uh, then the little ball over the top and, and Sims just ran onto it and put the ball across and Redmond did. I think what we want our attackers to do is actually is just put your body on the line kind of and, and force yourself, force the defender to either foul you or, or, you right. know, make a mistake or whatever. And he just got in front and, it's, I mean, it's similar to what Long did against Arsenal a couple of years ago, where he just kind of think, just kind of dipped right in front of uh, Kashelny, I think, and and was able just to poke a ball home. And it's just like that that happened so fast, and it was, I, I mean, I'm just sitting here smiling at the TV screen, going like, all right, what do we do now? You know, do, did we score too early? You know, is this a problem? But um, it, it was it was pretty good. And then uh, I think the next thing I noticed was the Vestergaard super late challenge. Is like you can see him going down and slide for. <laughs> For yeah, what seemed like five minutes, you know. Well. Yeah. Um, but but I, I think the game was always going to be fun to watch with the two teams that were there. Uh, when you see kind of the the wing backs matched up on each other, the the we have three attackers for their center backs. Like there's there's always going to be there was always going to be some action, I guess. And and then really it seemed like Wolves kind of grew into it. Um, they they seemed to kind of have the lion's share of possession. Uh, they seemed to really put us under some pressure at points, but we did pretty well to to i think with to withstand that and then and, and hold up to it and i mean at any point during that was the crowd kind of maybe a little bit worried and growing quiet as as wolves seem to build themselves kind of into the game yeah i think i think there's a little bit of anxiety i mean that they have you know five players in midfield it was like a wall you know and, and pro vestigard and, and there was a couple of occasions where james world Prowse was just was just stuck not knowing where the where to position the ball because it was just literally like this giant yellow wall on the halfway line and so um, I mean, once they could get it through there, they, you know, they had some possibility of doing things. But, but really, I would say Wolves pretty much dominated the game after that first goal of ours, and and were growing in confidence, um, and and ultimately got that goal back. But it was, you know, you know, you, you could see it coming. It, it was it was definitely building where they were basically sort of clamping down on us, and, and we just couldn't get the ball out of our uh, up to our front man. Really, it was it was quite a dangerous part of that. Yeah, and it seemed like even when we tried to go over the top down the, the I think the right side to Sims, we left it a little short a couple of times. You could see Benrack trying to play that ball over the top, um, and the center back on that side just calmly nodded it down to one of his five mm-hmm. midfielders, and, and they came right back the other way. And there were a couple of instances where I was worried because uh, I think Hoiberg and James Ward-Prowse both gave the ball away quite a bit during the first half, which was a, yeah. a, a little bit worrying especially given the form they've been in. I mean, because they, the, uh, the formation today requires James Ward-Prowse to step back slightly from, from the role he's been playing, I think, to more play alongside Hoiberg. But he's in such good form that you can't really, you know, somebody has to right. move to, to lose out. And it, it's got to be Romeo. And I don't think it can be uh, Hoiberg, who is the captain, or JWP right now. But um, there were a couple of times where, where, like, I think Jimenez was open for uh, balls would have been played across. But we... We did just enough, but like you said, when, once they got that goal back, it was coming. Yeah, I think it was fairly. Mm. I, I think it was. I think it was deserved for, on their part. Um, and then it's kind of just, well, how are we going to get? You know, what are we going to do? And then all of a sudden, we were up a goal again. It's just like, and that. I, I mean, the second goal. I, I, so w- your seats, you are. You don't sit in one of the ends, right? You sit kind of in the middle. Am I correct? I actually move around quite a bit. Okay. So, like for so this game, uh, I was taking my my eldest daughter Isabella, and we we sat in the family section. So I was kind of in the in the corner, sort of looking diagonally across. Um, 
So, um, but but yeah, that that second goal of ours, it, it literally was again our first chance after the goal, and and again, you know, the, you know, the, the stadium erupted, but there was still an element of, mate, this is like our you know our first first real attempt getting back in it, and and we've kind of done to Wolves what normally happens to us uh-huh. when we score, you know, that whole kind of uh, quickly conceding after you score a goal. So, um, so that was great, you know, and it was fantastic ball from, from Danny Ings. I mean, it, it was, it was almost from where I was sitting, it didn't look like Danny Ings was, was in the game too much because of where he was positioned. Um, cause I think everyone was expecting him to be up front waiting for the ball to come in, but really he was, he was working as a great playmaker and creating some incredible passes. Yeah, I mean, he he has shown, I think, a lot over the season that that he is a forward. But I I, I call him almost he plays more like a center forward than like a, a striker. He he almost like a, mm. he could play number ten almost because he likes to come yeah. deep and pick up the ball. And some of those passes that he that ball he put through for Redmond was so mm. it was a, a like a slide roll. It was just right through the defense, it cut him open, and just was right into Redmond's path. It was perfect. It was the 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 weight of it was perfect. Everything was great. And he did it again for Sims, uh, not long after and Sims, or maybe it was later in the game, but Sims went wide and it was just like, you know, it's the one tweet I think I had during the game that didn't get any likes, but it's like, I call it's like Danny Ozil is playing for us today. And it was like, you know, I thought he was really, I thought he was really, really good doing that. And, uh, it was impressive to watch and, and fun to see him, to see him be able to play that because I think in, in under previous management, maybe we didn't have the people running off of him to be able to do that. Where if, if the forward dropped deep, that meant that nobody was there for, it was the ball was always going to come backwards from there. And I think we saw that maybe a little bit with Austin last year, a couple of times when he would try to get on the ball and there's just nobody, there, there was no movement around him. And this year it seems like Redmond made a really intelligent run for that goal. And it, it, you just hope I thought, I thought the goalkeeper was going to tip it over. Like just, it didn't look like you got it quite enough lift on it, but it was, uh, it's pretty awesome. But was that, so from the family stand where you were sitting, was that, uh, the opposite end of the, of the stadium from you or was it, uh, kind of, yep. okay. Yeah. Darn. So the so, so far kind of end, but, um, but no, I mean, it was, it's still, still a, you know, a great finish. Yeah. Really, oh, yeah. Really, you know, two very composed finishes from, from, you know, Nathan Redmond. So yeah. And then what, uh, <laughs> What what's your what was your daughter's reaction uh, there? Because I imagine the family stand, you got to be got to watch your language a little bit, and uh, things, right. which, which I can do on here, but you take me off of here, and I'm not good at it. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's like I should just walk around with a microphone in my mouth all the time. But um, it, you know, what what was your daughter's reaction when that happened? Yeah, she went crazy. I mean, it's it's kind of amazing to to see her, you know, react and respond and sort of go with the go with the crowd kind of thing and uh, I think there was a moment during the Spurs games a few weeks back where I, I caught her shouting you don't know what you're doing to the referee and, and it was just uh, just a beautiful moment for a father to see but, uh, but the, you, do you know what I think I think it's St Mary's now the, the volume I mean obviously Northam and the loudest part of the stadium that, that goes without saying but as you move around you suddenly realise that actually a large proportion of the noise is, is coming from you know obviously the, the Zitchin Zitchin North and northern and then the family stand i think there's there's quite a few kind of parents who take their kids along who are super passionate and there was a there was a chorus of stand up if you love the saints stand up if you love the saints and the family section was up at the same time the northern section was it was it was quite something to behold really so awesome awesome oh it's uh well that's good because yeah. i think the kids if you i think sometimes I, you know i i can't maybe I'm, I'm out of line here saying this but like 
you think sometimes the kids might be a little bit intimidated if they're not in the family stand because it can be, mm. you know, you look around the stadium in Eng- stadiums in England and it's a lot of, you know, middle aged or older or even sometimes younger men in black jackets yeah. who have had a couple of beers and they're kind of angry and it's like, well, that can be that can turn some people off, you know, if you're an eight year old girl who's just really excited to watch her favorite football team, you know, so uh, you, right. give, you give them the opportunity to be able to to kind of embrace it and go nuts a little bit. And I think they'll, I think they'll make us proud. We just got to give them the, the chance, but uh, yeah. Um, I mean, anything else kind of stand out to you in the first half? Cause I think even after we scored wolves, like wolves were going to go into halftime wondering how the hell they were down two right. one, you know, it, it, it's, it could have been, I, I would say it could have been four one by halftime. Cause there were, there were a couple of chances and, and I, you know, I have to watch match of the day later. They'll probably show at least, you know, three seconds of our game, but uh, yeah, so there we how go. How Wolves blew it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, um, but there were definitely a couple of chances where, you know, given the fact that we have taken our first chance and second chance, you know, you just, you know, thought, well, why don't we take those two chances? And we, we could have been four one up mm-hmm. in a game, which, you know, we, we barely had any possession in um, just because we were so clinical up front when we had, opportunity to be so so um yeah it, it was a confident feeling in the, you know after the first half and and then when the announcer uh came on to give the halftime results elsewhere and we we could the stadium could hear that you know cardiff were were behind as well that was like fantastic you know yeah. because the, the points tally you know we, we were looking at a situation you know we, we could be chatting here today uh eight points clear of a rele- relegation zone or two points clear of a relegation uh-huh. zone it's it's just a, a a great thing that we're eight points clear and, you know, things are, things are looking very positive now. But, um, so yeah, it all sort of ties in with that really. Yeah. I, I think the only worry for me going into halftime was, I, I think because we played so well without the ball in other instances this, this year, it, it, that it's, I don't think it's part of house and Hoodle's game really. We don't need the ball uh, all the mm. time to, to do good, to do good things, I guess. Um, I thought the positives for me were really just our attack in general. Redmond, Sims and Ings all seem to be doing a really good job in, in, in causing some issues when we did get those chances. Um, yep. I was a little bit worried about the midfield because I felt like we were losing out there, but, uh, and we didn't have any control really in the game. It seems like we couldn't, you could see, uh, Hoiberg every time we got the ball, he was just saying, just calm down, you know, take a second, Ooh. make a pass. But then, you know, you, you look, you watch the defenders look up and Ben Rack's going, well, I have nobody to give the ball to. I either go long to Sims or I go backwards. And then you see him try to jam it into Ward Prowse or Hoiberg's feet. And it's just like, there's, there's three Wolves players on him. So it, I was a little bit worried about that. I, I didn't know if we were going to be able to, to hold out, but um, I don't know. And then, and then they came out right away and they, they looked a lot better to start the second half than they did to start the first. Uh, I think Jolly got behind Valerie twice uh, in kind of quick succession and, um, but th- then from there, it kind of settled in and mentioned the same thing. The wolves with a lot of the ball, uh, occasionally threatening, but us doing enough. Um, and then we, we, I, th- I think we changed formation, uh, a little bit. I think that helped. I think when Romeo came on and long came on, I think that was for me really the first time I noticed us uh, taking a kind of a different approach and, and maybe, I don't know, trying to rectify the, uh, kind of the issues we were seeing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think it, had we sort of, come to a situation where it was, I can't remember when the substitutions were made, but, you know, 60, 70 minutes gone and suddenly Danny Ings is being substituted for Shane Long. I think most of the stadium would have been booing. But really, there's there's so much trust for Hassan Hussle and his, and his plan. You know, you could, you could see what he was thinking. You know, he's going to firm up the midfield and he was going to 
bring Shane Long on to have that extra bit of legs so we could catch him on the counter-attack when we needed to. So it kind of made perfect sense, really, what we were seeing in front of us. But, um, but you know, Oriol, when he came on, had a fantastic game, I thought. You know, he was really yeah. sort of commanding that, that midfield, um, keeping hold of the ball. Um, and it and it just sort of really secured it. I mean, you know, when you're when you're a Saints fan and you're two goals up, uh, and it's kind of 85 minutes gone, there's still something inside you that says, "No, I might get drawn here." You know, you know. <laughs> but um, so, but but to have that kind of surety, you, you you suddenly sort of see the team sort of building in confidence and thinking like, "Yeah." And uh, you know, there there were a few times where we had to play the ball back, and and I don't think that was to the liking of most of the stadium. But it, it wasn't a bad thing. You know, we still had the ball. We're still controlling the game. You know, we, we don't have to keep going for it. I mean, the, you know, we were 3-1 up and we were going for a fourth goal most of the time. And yeah. then there was one pass back and everyone's like, woo. It's yeah. like, what, what are the guys going to do here? You know, come on. But, um, well, but no, it's it's a confidence performance. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think some of the, the you mentioned the, the kind of trust in Hasenhutl is, you know, he he has earned that from us. You know, mm. you look at the number of wins that we have um, under him this season, uh, the 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 way that he's got the guys playing. I think he's earned the right to to maybe make some substitutions that had Mark Hughes made them or had uh, Pellegrino right. made them, we would have been all over him for. But it you have to earn that, and you, you know you get one or two free passes, and then if you if you don't do it, then um, you know I think we'd be on him. But he he's he, I think he's definitely like I said, I think he's earned it. But um, I think another thing is we got to keep. Ings fit and right. it was clear that what he wants to do and drop deep that's not what we needed at that point we needed you know essentially you know 10 men behind the ball and uh long up front to to run and, and cause some issues and and that's exactly what what we did for for the last 20 uh, you know 28 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever it was um and then and then we we got the third and I think the best part about the third is Yoshida trying the bicycle kick um and and <laughs> I mean, because he, he had the, uh, I don't know if you saw the last game, he, saw, he had that kind of like weird block where he kind of like jumped up and almost karate kicked it, you know, yeah. uh, out. And then today he decides the bicycle kick. I'm like, oh, this is great. Just go have, like, have fun. This is, this is the best part is that these are grown men, professionals who like actually look like they are, they are enjoying their job. And that's, that's something that I really like. And then, so he tries that, it gets blocked. And then he just has the presence of mind just to go like, I'll just flick this forward. Like I just have to get something on it to keep it here. And then yeah. long, long does the rest. And I think, you know, the long played for West Brom. And I know that that's, that that's gotta be something for to score against wolves. I think that's a, that's a, that's a thing. So I think that's, that that'll make him happy. And, uh, I, I saw somebody mentioned on Twitter that the, the wolves fans were definitely booing Shane long. And then they all kind of went quiet when he scored and, uh, for him to get two and two now, um, <laughs> it's like, it's what do you, what are we going to do? You know, <laughs> I guess we can't say he doesn't score anymore, but no. it's, I mean, I, no, I didn't see that coming. If you would have asked me today, you know, bet money who scores today, Ings or long. It's like, well, no, no I doubt. Would, you know, I would love to know the odds of Shane long scoring two, you know, two consecutive games. There. I have to be honest when that Shane long goal went in, I thought it was offside. Um, because, but I think Troy was, was playing him on cause he was still sat, you know, pretty, pretty deep yes but, but yeah it was fantastic you know i know to get shane long come on i think he'd be on the pitch like maybe five minutes or so but um but yeah 
Shane Long, I mean, as Traore came on and, and he does one thing, you know, I mean, Ian Dark, uh, who was the announcer here, I don't know if you guys are familiar with him, but he announces a lot of games in the U.S., does the U.S. men's national team a lot, and okay. I like him, I don't know if everybody likes him, but I like him, and uh, he just, like, you know, he, uh, as... <laughs> As Troy was warming up, he called him a pace merchant. And I'm like, I think, I don't know if you're allowed to say that. Like, I feel like as the actual commentator on C, uh, I'm on CNBC, like you're on a nationally, like a nationally televised channel right now. You're just going to need a, a pace merchant. I'm not sure you're allowed to do that, but it made me laugh. So go for it, buddy. But like, it's, uh, it's great. Um, Richard Jolly uh, tweeted and I, uh, somebody pointed this out to me. Uh, Shane Long has scored three times as many Premier League goals as Alexis Sanchez this season. Wow. Like that. <laughs> Compare the weekly wages on that one. Yeah, seriously. So, I mean, good for long. Good for long. Uh, does it mean I want him starting every week? No, but you know, <laughs> it's okay. Um, and then I think even after that, we, we created several chances and it, they, they, they never looked like they were coming back in to, to the game after that. We were, we were, we were there and, and could have possibly added more. Like you said, uh, had we taken those I, other those other chances in the first half, it would have been even more. But uh, we, you know, we'll we'll take we'll take the three one win. Uh, we'll hold our heads high and we'll we'll move out of there. But um, I guess the only kind of negative thing it would be Valerie's injury. You know, he you could see him kind of they. I think it's easier to see on TV probably than than sitting in the stadium when it's a guy pulls up because the camera immediately goes to them. You know, and follows right. them around a little bit and. He uh he he came up and then he made a, that big run down the sideline where he eventually got tackled I think just crowded out of it by two or three Wolves players and um, that then he went and sat down in the center circle and they kept kept playing um, and then he kind of tried to get up and do it again and he just couldn't he couldn't go so th- I mean is that injury is Jack Stevens playing right back or James Ward-Prowse maybe playing right back at some point like does that worry you that or you know are you okay with Ramsey if he has to come in or, or you know, I, I, I'll be honest. I had to go coach my my daughter's team, so I didn't I didn't hear the the post match press conferences if if they've if they've found anything or if it was just precautionary or what. But uh, just any, any thoughts on that? No, I mean I, I I'm not really aware of any kind of long term injury to you know or the the results of that. But um, but you know, I think we have a lot of. It, it's weird to think that when we're in a situation where we're thinking, okay, we don't have, really have strength and depth, and then all of a sudden these academy players are coming through, and you know, players we've never even heard of are, are making the first team lineup, and they're they're blowing us away. So, I, yes, it is a concern because he's he's been a massive impact for us. Um, uh, so we we shall see on that one. But one thing I will say is that when Jack Stevens came on, I think everyone was expecting the formation at the back to change. Um, but Jack Stevens broke down the, the right side and, and was literally found himself uh, by the corner flag right in front of me. And, and it it was just the funniest thing to see because he was thinking, like, how have I got here? And what do I do? What do I do now? You know, so he then sort of broke into the penalty box and, and nearly had a run on goal. And it, it was just quite quite an amazing thing to see one that amount of confidence and uh, the, the fact that he just went for it. So. Um, so, yeah, that, you know, he, he, you know, injuries are always going to happen. But I guess you know, if the, if the team's strong in their mentality and, and you know the, the confidence is there as a unit, yeah. you know, everyone's going to rally behind themselves. And uh, you know, maybe it's a position where Ramsey come in, and as you say, James Ward Prowse could perhaps sit back there and and uh, you know give us that pace on the right side. But um, but we shall see, really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I mean, at the final whistle, it's first win over Wolves since two thousand and seven. 
uh, wow. in the championship. It was a six nil win for saints. Uh, and I remember, uh, last year under Pellegrino being, uh, the, the midweek EFL cup game. Um, mm. generally I would try to like, at that point in my job, I could usually get out of, of things and be able to listen to it at least on the radio, but I had to be in a classroom. And so I kept checking my phone. I checked the score and I'm just like, well, I'm not checking that again. Cause that's, <laughs> that's not going to happen. And, uh, it, it wasn't great. Um, but this, this year, and, and it was a bit fun to watch that I, I will give them that they are, they are an enjoyable team to watch for the most part. And, and for a, a team that has just come up and granted, they've spent a, a, a lot of money. Uh, they, you know, I'm not going to fault them and they're not, they're not going down. They're not, they're, they'll be around. And I think they'll be, they'll be actually disappointed to not, you know, have made a, a better showing last week when they uh, they just did not make the final, and then this week I think they'll they'll hang their heads a little bit. But I mean, if their season ends now the the way it is, I don't I, that as a promoted team, I think they'll be they sh- they should be happy. But I think they they expected a little bit more. Um, but I mean, we end the we end the game with only thirty percent possession. Okay. Uh, but but only two fewer shots and only one fewer shot on target. So like, you know, you can. It's just another example where it's it's us actually taking our chances and and you know creating a fair number of chances as we were earlier in the year, but but very clear and and just being more clinical with them and and I think part of it is is when we press teams and they give the ball away all of a sudden there's usually some sort of numerical advantage or right. you know we're already we're already moving towards the goal and they're they have to they're backpedaling but now they have to turn and run and and so to do that I think it makes it. Uh, I think it turns it in our favor a little bit. And so it, it's nice to see the team kind of using the ball better than, than we have in the past. And, and I don't know, I don't know how house and Hoodles got them to, to believe in that system and do that, but they've been just, just great at it. And it's been, it's been, I mean, it's much, it makes me for much more, more enjoyable watch. It makes getting up at, you know, pretty early in the morning to, to, to view the game a, a little bit easier and a little bit more excited to the, or, yeah, a little bit more exciting to to sit and talk about. So, um, I mean, any any fi- kind of final thoughts on the match itself or on any performers today that maybe stood out to you? Um, I guess you know another thing I was just going to add to the comments you just said there actually was um, my my line manager from my from my job is actually a German guy, so he's very familiar with Hassan Hutel in the um, in in the German league. Okay. So um, and he was uh, he was telling me how one thing that. Uh, was kind of a problem for players that were playing under Hassan who was, was literally he would drain them in terms of they would literally be running they'd be pressing they'd be you know very attacking very very aggressive but when it came to things like uh, injuries and when it came to things like you know uh, lengthy periods of the game that things uh-huh. would get pretty tired so it kind of sort of set a few few line bells on me and I, and I think when we played I can't remember when it, exactly when it was. I think it was the Boxing Day game against West Ham, and we just looked exhausted. We looked totally beat, and we were, we were kind of drained. But we we have, we've appeared to have sort of stabilised ourselves into this kind of balance where we're able to do this pressing kind of football and maintain composure and control of the game. Um, there were periods of today's game where the the dominance of Wolves midfield made us look like we had ten men at the, you know some of the, some points of the game, but. Um, but really, we've been able to sort of tie things together, and um, you know the system is working despite only having thirty percent possession. Uh, we we come away with a with a I, w- I would say ultimately, you know, you can't really say convincing three one win, but we took our chances and, and controlled the game. You know, despite low 
low possession. But. I, I think anybody that watches the game, if they've never watched either team before, they will say, well, Wolves are good, but Saints aren't. I don't know if you want to play them either. You know, that, 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 right. that didn't look... They, it, even if even without the ball, we looked like we knew that was the plan. You know that we, this is how we were going to play, and uh, it'll just be interesting to see if people are okay with that. Um, I think we have a question on that, but I wanted to read a couple of things that somebody kind of wrote in. So, mm-hmm. um, in the Discord channel, which is is how I communicate with the the patrons, it's it's for patrons only. Um, they've all signed up at, at Patreon.com/sfcdelivery. Um, but Dave Lee says uh, Southampton have won eight of their eighteen Premier League games under Hassenhutel as many as they had won in 52 games under their previous two managers combined. Mark Hughes, three for 22 and Mauricio Pellegrino, five of 30. Um, That is, I mean, and people, there are very few people, but people are still doubting Hassenhutl. And it's like, I don't know how, I don't know how you do that. You know? What they got to do? It's, it's, um, win the Premier League? Come on. Yeah, uh, and then he, uh, along the same lines, uh, Southampton have won six of their thirteen Premier League games so far in 2019. This is as many as they had won in the whole of 2018 when they played 37. Um, so I mean, we're just we're, we're miles better than we have been in 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 terms of results, and I think in terms of enjoyment. I mean, as somebody who goes to games and, and is there, I think is, is that reflected in kind of the stadium and the way people are are. Just the, the mood around the stadium, I guess. Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, there's. I think there was a there was a period under Pellegrino and, and ultimately probably a few hours as well that that the the, the players were, were saying that the fans should be more vocal, more supportive, and and it's a two way thing really. You know, you you've got to see performance and effort to get the stadium behind you. But there's just such a positivity in, in that stadium at the moment. It it it's got to be helping. I mean, of course, you know, the, the systems, the techniques, the, the formations that have been used on the pitch and the, and the improvement of the players is one thing. But the, just the general mood in the stadium is, is, is fantastic. I mean, a few weeks back against Spurs, every time they sung their silly song of when the Spurs go marching in, we just drowned them out and we literally decimated them um, in terms of the, the, the volume. So, and it, it was the same today. You know, you know, the chorus is going around saying we still need more songs, as, as Jack on my channel often says. But, um, but, uh, but we, we, you know, we were definitely in, in full voice. Um, it's in North Northam and the family stand were, were, you know, making plenty of noise, plenty of noise. I think the only question we have, um, because we are recording so soon, kind of after the the thing, people haven't gotten them in. Uh, I am sure when I wake up tomorrow, I'll have tons of questions that I won't be able to answer, but that's okay. <laughs> Um, says we spent a lot of time, this comes from Kevin McGee, who is another patron, but he sends this in via Facebook. He says, uh, we spent a lot of time today actively sitting back and letting Wolves play. We had 30% possession in total. What's going on with the tactic? And by the way, I'm absolutely not complaining. Um, so it, I mean, does it, would you say like from being there that, that people seem to be okay with that, that, that the idea that today, cause today I think was a little bit different than normal where we've seen us press and press and press for a lot of time. But when we brought Romeo on, we cl- very clearly went like five, four, one, you know, there were kind of two banks there for, for a good period of time. I mean, were people, I guess, okay with that? Do you think people will be okay with that? In the, it, it, as long as it gets results and as long as we at times break quickly and do those other things or, or what, what, what are your thoughts on it? I, th- I think the, you know, the, the game was being played to, to whoever, whoever we were playing. Yeah. You know, we were playing a wolf side here that, that were, very attacking 
um, you know, very solid in midfield. And, and we were sort of, you know, cutting our cloth accordingly and, and making sure we were, we were doing a system that, that worked against the, the opposition we were playing. So, yeah, there were, there were moments when, you know, Wolves were, were clearly on top and we were having to do a lot of uh, passing back to, to Angus Gunn and Gold just to, and then boot it up the pitch. And I, I think there was perhaps a little bit of anxiety in the stadium to think like, oh, are we just playing long football here? When all the successful things we saw, we saw was when maybe James Ward-Prowse or, yeah, Bear uh, had the ball. We're literally just running through that midfield to then push it on. Uh-huh. So there, there was a bit of angst around that. I, I would say, you know, that are we are we happy with sitting back and letting your team attack us? No, I don't think anyone ever is. But you sort of understand the system, and by the second half, you suddenly figured out what we were doing and and how we were playing it. So it was a bit more, a bit more good feeling, I, I would say, and. Um, People's confidence was was definitely up at that point. Obviously, because we were three one up. But um, yeah, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. All right. Well, the patrons always get priority for having their questions answered on the show. But uh, people can send them in via Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, and we'll we'll do our best to get them on. We do have a couple of other ones here from, from Twitter. I'm glad I checked again. I missed them earlier. Um, James Willis, who is at James Willis eighty six, sends in four questions. We won't go through them all. James, we do have one. It says, should we keep or sell Shane Long? And I think keep him is an option. Uh, or we can answer that, or we can answer who maybe you think we should bring in up top next season. Uh, but I think the Shane Long one is interesting now because I think a lot of people would have said before this season um, to get rid of him. Like the, it was a no-brainer kind of, he needs to move on and we're tired of him and we need somebody else. But I mean, do, do, do these couple of... of I guess performances recently does that does that do enough for him to have some sort of place and play some sort of role in the team for you? It's yeah. I mean, I, I would say it's it's crazy that we've been talking about Shane Long in, in this kind of like you know based on the you know the, the two recent performances, the goals against Liverpool's goals today. Um, I, I would say you know Shane Long's one of those players. You know, what, what are you going to gain from from selling him? You know, so long as he's not too much of a burden on the wage bill. He's, he's always going to be a good option if you want a bit of pace. You know, you know, Jack regularly says on the, on the channel, yeah, at least Shane would have run. He might not have scored or he might have been offside, but he would have run for that ball. So he, he certainly gives us an option and certainly the way Hassan was playing, um, you know, that kind of uh, aggressive attacking football would certainly perhaps suiting Long's game more than, than having, you know, players play long balls up and then trying to connect with it with the front man up top so I, I, I don't know I, it all depends on what else we do in terms of the transfer window who else we bring in whether it's you know it needs to be uh you know some departures before we bring in any, any more players but but certainly i wouldn't have been too worried about losing shane long at the end of the season had it not been for the two recent games but um but it's certainly showing us that he's a he's an option and he can score goals you know despite the the, the goal drought, which was, I don't know, how long was it? It was, it was maybe... Oh, it was forever. A year or something. <laughs> uh, while you are, are, are doing that, I'll, I'll just think of this. Because I, I think if, if we are going to bring in somebody else up top, you, you have to have one, either Long or Austin has to go. And if you were to ask me right now which one I would want to leave, it's probably Austin. And not that I dislike him, not that I don't, you know, not that I don't think he, he is a good finisher and he can do a lot of things inside the box, but um, you look at the, I, I think the style of play that 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 he brings, and what I don't think it fits Hassan Hudel's style as much. 
my only worry if we don't replace uh, and also the injury record with law or with um, Austin doesn't doesn't go well we can't have Ings and Austin as our two kind of main threats because I don't right. think they stay healthy enough but I think somebody else needs to be there because I don't necessarily want long to be the the recognized starter I don't think that necessarily is is, is what he's going to be good at I think certain games uh, when it's very clear that we're going to be just under it all game and, and we need an out ball and that's the guy like sure like that, that's what he's good but um, so yeah, so I think, I think if I had to pick one of those two to, to move on, I think I would probably be Austin, you know, um, and that might be unpopular. Austin's very similar. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, I was going to say Austin's very similar to, to Ings and, in, yeah. in, you know, the kind of position he plays. So yeah, I think you, you're probably right then. And the, the two times, I mean, aside from the, the game against Arsenal, I would say Austin has, has clearly looked like a championship striker. There's, there's not really been a whole kind of, uh, clinical edge and it, it's, perhaps gassed out after, you know, 10, 15 minutes of coming on the pitch. But, but yeah. really, he was sort of put on to be an impact player. You know, snatch a goal, get us a draw, um, snatch a win, that kind of um, impact kind of striker, really. All right, and we'll end uh, with a really important one. It says, uh, for, this is from Ralph's Revolution, who is at St. Vanderman on um, Twitter. He says, perfect. Um, one of the most important questions you'll be asked, I'm sure, would you rather be given 100,000 uh, pounds to do with as you want or 20 million pounds, but it all has to be spent in one pound coins only? Uh, <laughs> says, I also look forward to the real questions being answered. So, I don't know. Wow. <laughs> I mean, do, so my, I guess my question is, do I have to store them all in my house? Because I don't know if I can fit that many one pound coins. That's true. Can you imagine a vending machine? Oh my god! It'd just be yeah, just the rows of vending machines. And, and so, I guess with twenty million pounds, like I would worry because sometimes you know you get you use your credit card online, you get better deals for airlines and things like that. But with twenty million pounds, does it matter? You know, or no. can you just you don't care, so you just go in and, and buy the plane ticket, and you just have to. Like, but then you have to. I mean. Can you imagine walking in there with, with like, you know, here's 1,500. Metal. Yeah, yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, I think I have to go 20 million just because 20 million pounds is a, is a lot of money. You know, I think I have to. And I will just, I will be burdened by, by that, by having that many gold coins, to, or not gold coins, but that many coins to, to cart around. But I will enjoy it because that'll be, I'll be able just to concentrate on that only. So Exactly. You, you, you just buy a big swimming pool. And fill it up with it, you know, just make a kind of a, an artistic impact with those, with that money and then sell it for, for more. <laughs> we used to have, we used to have this show called, I think it was DuckTales uh, here. Um, and it was about, uh, yeah, it was basically, I think it was Scrooge McDuck. He had basically oh, a vault, that, yeah. like a swimming pool full of, uh, of things he would dive headfirst into. I don't know if you want to do that because I'm not sure it would, they would part the water, you know, kind of as you... <laughs> As you enter, I think you just wind up, you know, with a swimming pool full of 20 million and your broken neck. So um, that wouldn't be great. But yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it'd be a good problem to have. I'd take that, I guess. That's a fun question. I like that. <laughs> I, was, I was kind of in my head trying to think, like, if I had $100,000 or 100,000 pounds, I could invest it. Like, I, it would take a long time to get to 20 million. Like, you know, right. there's, if it was a little bit closer, if the numbers were closer, I think maybe it'd be a little bit harder to 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 say well you know i i maybe i'd take the money but i think the coins i think you have to go with the coins um 
And then yeah, me too. And you just go Eastern Europe or, or Scotland and just talk about players on the field because I think apparently that's what they do. So it'll be, it'll be fine. Um, but anyway, but not that we're condoning that activity. No, 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 no. To our listeners. It's not a family show, but it's basically a family show. I don't know. My kids, my kids hear most of the shows recorded, uh, and if I ever say a bad word, my daughter always yells at me. Like I heard that. It's like, well, awesome. Anyway, um, Mike. I don't want to cut you off at all, but like have, I mean, is there anything else you'd like to, to say before we, uh, we, we wrap this up and, and uh, we'll make sure we tell everybody where they can find the stuff and the, and all of the links to everything will be in the show notes and on the website. So they can, uh, anybody's interested can find the match day vlogs and find the Twitter account and the Instagram account and all that stuff. Okay. Well, thanks very much for having me on, uh, Matt, much, much appreciated, you know, and, and if anyone listening out there wants to, uh, get in touch, obviously the, the, the links to all the channels are available through the through the culture hub. But but thanks for having me. It's been been a pleasure to be on the show. And um, yeah, thank well, you very I much. I I have enjoyed the vlog so far, and I'm I the the cinematic stuff that you've done before is always is always interesting because I just don't watch that stuff very often, and so uh-huh. it always freaks me out. It always freaks me out. I, I do have a question before we go. The how high does the drone go? The drone seems like it's miles above you sometimes. Um, oh, okay, yeah, and and I just like. Like my son has a small drone and we've tried to fly it and usually we just ram it into like a playground structure or it doesn't get very high before it gets just unwieldy. So like, I mean, how, how far away does this thing actually get when, when, when you're flying it out there? It's, it's like a, a sports car, you know, you can have a sports car that does, you know, 150 miles an hour, but you're only legally allowed to go so fast, right? Okay. So the, the drone itself will go, I think my, my main one would do seven kilometers uh, oh away from me. Um, you're legally only allowed to fly within visual line of sight. Um, so, of course, no human eye can see beyond a kilometer, let alone right. you know, perhaps seven, even especially the size of a drone. You, you, there's no way you can see it. And in, in terms of the height, they'll go, uh, again, you, you can... Um, you know, remove the software so that you can go as high as you want to, but legally <laughs> you're only allowed to go 400 feet. And, and to be honest with you, you don't really need to go any higher oh, than yeah. 400 feet. I mean, it's pretty crazy yeah. um, to see how that is. I mean, you, you don't need to see the curvature of the Earth. You know, it's, it's important. <laughs> you know, you want to. What do you mean? I think to... the Earth's flat, I thought. Uh, you know, according to that Facebook oh, group course, that my yeah. father in law put me in. <laughs> So, anyway, um, I think that the, the, the video I was thinking of when, as I was asking that question was you guys were on vacation somewhere and you were kind of out right. by the pool or whatever. And then it just went out and it was like, well, that's a really nice pool. You know? Oh, that's a little bit bigger than I thought. And like, Oh, that's like, a, is that a forest or what is that? And then it's just like, Oh, there are hills and mountains. And it's just like, how far away, like how much of the, how, what's happening? You know, it was, it blew me away. So, uh, I just, I have questions on that. So, so thank you. But <laughs> Um, so for anybody who doesn't follow you, uh, it's, it's at match vlogs on Twitter. It's at match day vlogs on YouTube, uh, Instagram and Facebook. And your personal Instagram is Mikey Smale, um, M I K E Y S M A L E on Instagram. And there's plenty of stuff there as well. And if you're into music or anything, I mean, to give you a follow because you, you do that. And I was secretly hoping that you were going to be able to maybe catch a match. I was going to run down to LA when you were out here, but we didn't have a match that weekend and it was, it was, I was, you know, I'm always reluctant to like tell people super far ahead of time, like, Hey, you know, make plans for this. Cause I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I want to be, I'm not govern your time like that, but it's a, it's always a pleasure to be able to do that. So if you're ever out here and there's a, uh, there's a match on, I'll, I'll, 
you know, 7 a.m. kickoff, we can find somewhere to drink. That's legal in California after 6 a.m., so we'll be all right. But anyway, uh, thank you so much for, for joining the show, and uh, we'll do it again. Right. Yeah. does it for this episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you've enjoyed it. Special thanks this week goes out to Mike Smale. You can follow his new project, Match Day Vlogs, at Match Day Vlogs on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. And on Twitter, it's at Match Vlogs. Go do that. Uh, you can watch the first episode right on the SouthamptonDelivery.com website. Uh, and if you like it, subscribe, uh, and you'll get more of that. Everybody out there listening, thank you so much. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can do that on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or via email. Uh, I've really enjoyed the interaction over the past couple of weeks. Um, I'm doing my I'm doing my best to get back to everybody. So uh, give me a couple of days if I if I'm slow. But thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. And uh, Stephen Peak, you asked a question. I didn't get it in this episode. I'll answer it in the newsletter. Okay, um, that'll be what I do. It's already in the notes for that, so I won't mess it up now. This show would not be possible without the help of some very important people. Uh, Jay and everybody over at the Southampton page does a lot to help promote the show. They're the reason that so many of you even know what the show is. So follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. They are at Southampton page. Uh, You won't regret it. You'll be up to date with your news uh, and they do a fantastic job. Additionally, the logo for the show is done by the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. Matt, who runs the page, has been a huge help from day one, uh, getting the logo and giving me feedback. I can't do it without him. All music for the show comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games, and the end of show credits that you're listening to right now is Aim is True by Poddington Bear. If this is your first time listening and you'd like to make sure you get uh, more episodes, subscribe. You can do that using the links on the website. Makes it nice and easy. Or just search Southampton Delivery in whatever podcast app you choose. And if you've been listening for a while and you're interested in helping the show, uh, maybe consider becoming a patron over at patreon.com slash SFC Delivery. It's not something I like to ask for, but I really do appreciate it. And you get some added benefits, including bonus episodes, a private chat, and priority for getting your questions answered each and every week on the show. So... That's it for now. And until next time, remember that together, we march on.